0: Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them, I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode Brent Spiner, Old Yellow Eyes is Back from 1991. Thank you, Jack. Let's find out about your imposter, see who they are. Number one, sir, so what is your real name? What do you do? My name is Dennis Zacher. I'm a fashion photographer in New York. Hey there, nice to have you <laughs> Number two, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. What, are you gonna, what is your real name? What do you do? My name is Brent Mintz. I photograph dogs, ducks, and squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a 1972 episode of To Tell the Truth. If the voice of Brent Mintz sounds familiar, you may know him better as Brent Spiner. He was born Brent J. Spiner in 1949, but when he was just 10 months old, his father died of kidney failure. His mother would remarry a man named Saul Mintz when Brent was just 6 years old, and so for the next 20 years, he took his stepfather's last name. Spiner, or Mintz as he would have been at the time, was pretty new to New York City when he filmed that episode of To Tell the Truth. He'd grown up in Houston and gotten into theater as a high schooler, learning under Cecil Pickett. Pickett taught theater at Bel Air High School, which Spiner attended, and later the University of Houston, which Spiner also attended. Pickett taught and inspired several well-known actors and directors in addition to Spiner, including Randy Quaid, Dennis Quaid, and Robert Wool. Spiner's early days in New York were spent going to cattle call auditions and buying trade papers. He didn't know how to get started as a professional actor. His first job in New York would be driving a cab, but he only lasted as a cab driver for about six months because he then landed the part in an off-Broadway play with the Chelsea Theater Company. He would spend the next several years on and off-Broadway in shows. In a 2002 interview with IGN, Spiner spoke about one of those New York roles, saying, quote, I was in a production called The Three Musketeers, which at the time was the biggest money-losing show in the history of Broadway. I think we ran a week and lost like 12 million bucks. It was an unbelievably bad show. End quote. But he was also in successful shows as well, playing the part of Franz in both the off-Broadway and Broadway premieres of Stephen Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George. By the mid-80s, Spiner would move to Los Angeles and he started landing guest roles on TV shows like Hill Street Blues, Cheers, Mama's Family, and he even had a recurring character on Night Court. Amazing as it seems, this happened to us once. <laughs> Bob's Uncle Teddy came over for Christmas dinner one year and dropped his head right into the stuffing. <laughs> I never got to open my presents. You never had any presents, <laughs> Spiner would even shoot a pilot with Jim Neighbors and Courtney Cox. It was loosely based on the classic British sitcom Faulty Towers. But the show ended up not getting picked up, and the following pilot season, Spiner landed the biggest role of his career. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission, to explore strange new worlds... To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek The Next Generation premiered on September 28, 1987. Spiner played the role of Lieutenant Commander Data, an android who serves as second officer and operations officer aboard the Federation starship USS Enterprise-D, and later the USS Enterprise-E. His intelligence, combined with his outsider perspective on humanity, was similar to the role of Spock, played on the original series of Star Trek by past Bizarre Album subject Leonard Nimoy. She changes him to someone he's never been And then complains he's not like other men Now really, I find this most illogical. There was a reference in the pilot uh, which Gene Roddenberry wrote, uh, referring to Data as Pinocchio. And um, I thought that was a, a really good jumping-off point. I mean, that seemed like that was the essence of it. And I spoke to him about it, and he said, yeah, he's basically the, the little boy who, you know, wants to be human and wants to be real. And uh, his idea for the thrust of the series was that He will get closer and closer and closer as the years go on. And at the end of it all, he will be as close as you can possibly be to being human, and still not. That's Brent Spiner from the Data and Beyond featurette on the Star Trek The Next Generation Blu-ray, talking about how Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry saw the character of Data. When Spiner took the role, he thought the show would only last for a year, thinking no one could make another Star Trek. Plus, the show would not be on a network. It ran in syndication. He thought it would give him a year of work, he would pay off his debt, and move on with his career. There is a certain degree of random fortune involved. I believe that is why they call it gambling. But how wrong he was. The show was incredibly popular, lasting for 178 episodes over seven seasons. And Spiner would even get the chance to play other characters on the series, too. He played Data's brother, Lore, in addition to Data's creator... Dr. Noonien Soong. I don't know, Data. What is happening? Spiner's background in musicals would be helpful for a season 4 episode titled In Theory. The episode featured a love story between Data and shipmate Jenna DeSora. <laughs> That episode aired on June 3rd, 1991. And just over a week later, Spiner would show off his singing talents even more. Because on June 11th, 1991, Brent Spiner released All Yellow Eyes Is Back on Bay Cities. You precious little life, Boom. Where are you? The album's title is both a reference to Data's Yellow Eyes, as well as a nod to Frank Sinatra's 1973 album, All Blue Eyes Is Back. And speaking of Sinatra, in the liner notes, Spiner wrote about Frank's 1943 hit, You Make Me Feel So Young. It reads, Sinatra at his awesome best. This song and dozens of others accompanied every dinner I ate between the ages of 5 and 13. My stepfather, an amateur saxophone player and a hell of a mambo dancer, had put together one of the all-time great collections of popular music recordings anywhere. So, to my good fortune, we dined each night with the likes of Old Blue Eyes, Judy Garland, Nat King Cole, Rosemary Clooney, Louis Prima, and Keeley Smith and every other singer that ever performed on Capitol, Decca, or RCA Records. This album is a collection of old pop standards, and it kicks off with Time After Time, a song written by Sammy Kahn and Jules Stein for Frank Sinatra in the 1947 MGM film It Happened in Brooklyn. Time after time I tell myself that I'm so lucky to be loving you. So lucky to be the one... In the 2002 interview with IGN, Spiner said the initial plan was to have the album just be something available to mail order. He goes on to say, quote, And then this record company came along and said, We love it. Can we make it part of our catalog? And we said, Yeah, that sounds good. But then they... I don't want to get too negative about these guys, but I learned a lot about the music business. End quote. The label he's referring to was called Bay Cities, an American label that was founded in 1989 and specialized in classical and film music. The label would go under just two years after this album's release. The very thought of you And I forget to The little ordinary things That there are three credited producers here. Brent Spiner, Wendy Nuss, and Dennis McCarthy. At the time, Wendy Nuss was the associate producer on Star Trek The Next Generation. Nine years after the release of this album, she would marry Spiner's Next Generation co-star, Patrick Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper! Dennis McCarthy was an Emmy nominee for his work scoring some episodes of The Next Generation. His other TV scoring credits include Dynasty, V, MacGyver, Dawson's Creek, and Parker Lewis Can't Lose. He also spent some time in the 1970s playing piano for Glenn Campbell. Give you the break. Toot Tootsie is a song I've talked about on the show before. Regis Philbin recorded it on his It's Time for Regis album back in 1968. And 23 years later, Brent Spiner sings his own version. Yesterday I heard a lover sigh Goodbye, oh me oh my Seven times he got aboard his train And seven times he hurried back to kiss his love again And tell her Toot Toot Tootsie goodbye at the top of the episode, you heard Brent Spiner on To Tell the Truth. Now, you'll hear Spiner sing, It's a Sin, parentheses, To Tell a Lie. For this song, he got four of his Next Generation co-stars to sing with him. LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, and Patrick Stewart are credited here as the sunspots, a nod to the ink Spots, who had recorded this song back in 1959. Just prior to the album's release, Entertainment Tonight ran a piece with Spiner on the recording of this song. You know, these are pros, and they've been pros for a long time, so I knew if I was going to pick four guys to do this, these were the four to pick to do it. You know, it's a terrible sin. You're so fortunate to be here, because you can say to your grandchildren, you know, tonight you were there when all of these talents were combined for the first time. <laughs> Why are you smiling? Co-producer Dennis McCarthy also spoke about this experience in a 2015 interview with Star Trek.com saying, quote, Brent's album was such fun because all the guys came in to help, so it was Patrick and Jonathan and Michael. And they were all great. It was like being back on the road in my old Glenn Campbell days. We were doing it live to tape, so it was close to the live experience. Yes, we used tape back in those days. The camaraderie of that crew was unbelievable. We used to, every now and then, go out and have a big lunch, all of us, and just laughs and scratch and play with each other. Those days will never be replaced. There's no way that could ever happen again. I've never been on a show, ever, where the crew and the actors were all just such a harmonious family. End quote. So be sure that it's true when you say I love you It's a sin to tell Be sure it's true when you say, I love you, darling. Because Long, Long Time is how the next song is credited on this album, but it was originally recorded under the title It's Been a Long, Long Time. It was a hit in 1945 for Harry James and his orchestra with Kitty Cowan, as well as Bing Crosby with Les Paul and his trio. For just how empty they all seem without you So kiss me once, kiss me twice Kiss me once again It's been a long I haven't even gotten into any of the musicians on this album. The list is very long, so I'm not going to get into all of them, but there are a lot of Bizarre Albums connections here. To name just a few, guitarist George Doring also played on the Simpsons Sing the Blues. Pianist Jim Cox also played on the soundtrack To the Heights. Trombonist Dick Hyde, a.k.a. Slide Hyde, played on Pat Boone's In a Metal Mood. And there are multiple musicians here who played on the Dinosaurs Big Songs album. Not the mama. Dear, when you smile at me, I heard a melody. It haunted me from the start. Something inside of me started a symphony. Sing with the strings of my heart. Twas like a breath of spring. I heard a robin sing. The album closes appropriately with Good Night, Sweetheart. Good night, sweetheart, till we meet tomorrow. Good night, sweetheart, sleep will banish sorrow. In the album's liner notes, Spiner goes on to write, I have recorded this project with the utmost respect for the singers and songs that I have loved since childhood, and in the hope that some kids somewhere will have to listen to me while he eats his dinner. Brent Spiner. The album was only ever released on CD and cassette. It would get a reissue in 1994 by a label called Infinite Visions, but it's since been out of print. It is not streaming on Spotify. In the 2002 IGN interview, Spiner was asked about when he would make the follow up to Old Yellow Eyes' back. He replied, quote, Oh, gee, I don't know. We've talked about maybe doing one, but as I always say, I'll be ready to do it as soon as I'm ready to lose a whole lot more money. End quote. Well, 2010 was the year he was ready to lose that money. He would release an album along with Maud Magart called Dreamland. But that, is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums